From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord, publishers and ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. Well, we welcome you today to our Thursday broadcast and thankful for the privilege that we have to join you here every day. And I hope you'll be with us as often as you possibly can. We're looking at Psalm 37, and today we're going to be catching verses 23 through 26. And uh, listen, these passages here in Psalm 37 have been very rich, been very powerful. They're strong statements in a lot of things, different things that it tells us that are good for us, that are helpful to us, and we're just walking through these one piece at a time. This one today I'm entitling, Watch Your Steps. Watch Your Steps. I'll get to that in just a moment. Let me remind you that July 17 through 20 is the National Sword of the Lord Conference in Walkertown, North Carolina. We look forward to having you there. No registration fees. Every seat is a free seat. Everybody's a walk-in. Bring your family. Bring your church folks. Plan to be with us. National Sword of the Lord Conference. It is a great four days, July 17 through 20. Now, let's look at Psalm 37 and verse 23 and following. It tells us here, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he, that is the good man, delighteth in his way, that is in God's way. Though he fall, talking about the good man, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young, and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful, talking about the good man, and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. So what we have here in these brief four verses is really a biography. It's like a life story of someone who has gotten with the Lord and who has walked with the Lord in the way that they should. And these verses are commendable of the Lord, and they're also instructive about how the Lord blesses the man who does walk with him. And it talks about, right from the start, the steps of a good man, and then it tells us things about him. Now, there are 12 pointedly specific things that these verses tell us, and with the Lord's help here, in the next few minutes, and maybe even getting over into tomorrow if we need the time, we're going to look at all 12 of these items that are included in this brief biography. We really are looking at something here that describes the relationship between a man and the great God of heaven. It tells us that that relationship is altogether possible, and not only the relationship, but it also talks about the interaction between this man and the Lord. So, Verse number 23 tells us that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Now, that tells us that he's active, talking about him taking steps. He's on the move. He's going places. He's doing things. This verse would suggest to us that uh, the things that he has already done are commendable because they have been in line with the Lord. And wherever it is that he's headed, he is doing so because he has lined himself up by the Lord. And you know, whenever you talk about a man's steps, that means you're talking about his feet because his feet are, of course, the vehicle whereby the steps take place. And it just says that he's getting ordered of the Lord. His feet are going where the Lord directs him to go. Now, 
I'm well aware, and I've addressed this before on this broadcast, and I mention it here again because I think it is entirely appropriate that I do so. There are some people, some people who are professing Christians, and some of them, I think, are actually possessing Christians. They're not just word-of-mouth Christians, but they are actually, from their heart, born-again Christians, but they're naive they're immature, maybe they're ill-advised scripturally, maybe they haven't read their Bible a lot, or they may indeed just be in carnality, uh, living a worldly lifestyle, and they object to instruction. They do not want to be instructed. They do not like the fact that the Lord orders things up. Now, when we talk about getting orders here, the question comes up, well, you're talking about rules. Well, Dear friend, the Lord does have some rules. He has the Ten Commandments to just get us started. You read the book of Proverbs, and there are many hundreds of instructive rules in the book of Proverbs. You get over into the New Testament and get into the epistles especially, and you're going to find all kinds of pointedly instructive things that uh, really it's not a matter of saying, well, these are suggestions, but these are things that the Lord tells us we should do. He lays them out as though they are for us and that we should not dilly-dally around, but we should really just sign on and determine that we're going to take His instruction. Now, I'm just telling you, maturity listens to the Lord. Maturity takes instruction. And when a person becomes a spiritual Christian— they set aside the carnalities that they've gathered up in the world, and they become a spiritual Christian, a discerning Christian. They do not object to the things the Lord lays out for them. They do not object. They do not balk at the orders that the Lord gives. So when we look at verse 23, we learn, number one, the Lord will direct our path. Now, He's not going to make you get on that path but he is going to give you direction so you will know which path to get on. And he will give you instruction about where you should put your feet and where you should be walking. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And the second part of that verse tells us that the man who accepts God's orders delights in his way, that is, in God's way. This man not only takes the instruction, but he delights in doing so. He's willing to accept what God says, and not only that, but down deep in his heart, he is saying, I want to do that. I love to do that. I'm excited to have this relationship with the Lord. He knows more than I do. He's smarter than I am. He's wiser than I am. He knows more about how I ought to walk than I do. He knows more about what's at the end of the trail than I do. So this man delights in the way of the Lord. And he is just so pleased that he can do that. Now, when you get to verse 24, this passage tells us that this man, this good man, may trip and fall. That is, he may sometimes make a misstep. The verse says, though he fall. That's telling us that even though this man is a good man, he's not a perfect man. He will, in fact, sometimes trip up, make a misstep, and when he does, the second part of the verse tells us that the Lord will uphold him with his hand. He shall not be utterly cast down. So what are we talking about here? It just simply means that the man's imperfections do not cancel him out with God. Now, you know, I've told you many times on this broadcast, the Lord saves people, and when he saves them, he secures them eternally. 
You read the New Testament, there's no way to accept the literal message of the New Testament without coming to that conclusion. I mean, the Bible talks about everlasting life, about eternal life. It talks about it in all kinds of terms so that we know that when we're birthed into the family of God, we become a child of God, and we are therein secure. But when we get here in the Old Testament, sometimes we don't look for it, but it's here nonetheless, the Lord just simply telling us that he's going to make this business with us a forever proposition. And this passage says, verse 24, says, even though this man, this good man falls, means he trips up, he shall not be utterly cast down. The Lord is not going to throw him under the bus. He's not going to kick him out of heaven. He's not going to reduce his salvation to zero. He's not going to throw him out. His imperfections do not cancel him out with the Lord. And then the last part of that verse indicates that the Lord upholds this man with his hand. Once again, why are we secure? Because of an almighty God, because of the great Savior, because he, God, is powerful. And even when we are weak, and feeble, frail, I mean, all of those kinds of things, whenever we are stumbling around, not quite getting our act together, nonetheless, the Lord is able to sustain us. He is able to keep us, and whenever He keeps us, believe me, we are kept. So the Lord is the sustainer in all of this. Now, we get to verse 25, and the testimony of the psalmist is, I have been young. Now, he's looking back to his youthful years. He's looking back to the time when he was a young man. He's talking about the testimony of experience. And whenever you come through your teenage years, you come through your young adult years, you're getting some experience. You are experiencing things that you've not experienced before. And step by step, if you're paying attention, you're going to learn some very valuable lessons. You're going to get a grasp on things that you need really to have full control of. And he says, I have been young. He's not there now, but he says, I have been. And that's just telling us experience is good for us. Experience through those youthful years. I mean, whenever we begin to walk with the Lord early, when we get saved at a young age, we begin to follow the Lord early. I'm telling you, this whole passage makes it very clear. That's a good thing. That's the right thing. That is a blessed thing. And if you and I will sign on with the Lord, put our faith in Him as early as we possibly can, that is going to be a good thing. The least amount of the world's things that you get into, the better. I mean, I'm grateful for every drunk that I've seen come to Christ. I'm grateful for every dope addict that I've seen come to Christ. I'm grateful for every immoral person that I've seen come to Christ. And there have been many of all of them. And I'm grateful for every one of them. But how much better it would have been if those people had gotten saved before they were 20, before they were 30, before they were 40 or 50 years of age, before they got into the bottle, before they got on the needle, before they fell into some immoral abyss. I'm just telling you, dear friend, the earlier, the better. And whenever we look back through the years, we look at our youthfulness, it's great to be able to say, well, there was a time I was young. I learned some things. I got through all of that. I had experience, and I can now build on experience. And of course, he goes on to say in this 25th verse, he says, I've been young and now am old. That's what happens, you know, when you live a long time. If you keep living, ultimately, you get old. Now, getting old is a good thing. 
I mean, we want to be able to live out the full measure of life that we've been privileged of the Lord. I mean, he's given us life. Life is precious, and it ought to be treated as so. And you and I live that life, and there is a great value in longevity. I mean, the fact that we are able to live 60 years, 70 years, 80 years, 90 years, even 100. Some people are able to live uh, even beyond 100, a few folks do. And I'm just saying there is value to that longevity. And here he's giving testimony. He said, I was young, not there anymore. Now then, I'm old. And he goes on to say, I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Now, Lord willing, tomorrow I'll dig through the rest of this passage that we've read today. But I want you to see, I want you to understand what he's telling us here. This good man, oh, you say, the Bible says there's none good. Well, whenever we are out in the world, that's true. And uh, whenever we are unsaved, that's true. But there comes a point where God looks at the track record of a person who's walking with him, and God will say, that's good. And he does that right here in this passage. So he commends this man because he took instruction, because he followed him, because he signed up by faith and determined that he would go the way that the Lord instructed. He delighted in the Lord's way. And I'm telling you, this is something you and I can get hold of and make work in our life where we live. And I encourage you to sign up today and trust the Lord with your life and with your eternity. Now, tomorrow we'll get into the rest of this, and I think it'll be a great help to us. In the meantime, do write me a note. I'd love to hear from you. Dr. Shelton Smith at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Until tomorrow, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day, and goodbye for now.